What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and this is still the only place on the internet where you can hear live vinyl spun directly out of my collection. So, if you're looking for that, you're in the right place. If you're not looking for that, shut it the fuck off. I don't care. Leave. Goodbye. Stick around, though, if you want to hear something really great. We got an awesome episode, very special episode coming up with Mario from Upstate Records. I was lucky enough to sit down with this guy. And he and I really honestly, we sat down on Zoom for like two hours. We hit it off. Uh, Super nice guy, family man. Uh, His wife helps him out with his operation. And the story that he told me about Upstate Records persevering through the past year is nothing short of amazing. I will say that. Um, I don't want to get too much into what we talked about because obviously you're going to be able to listen to it, but I do want to do a little overview of Upstate real quick. If you don't know Upstate Records, get familiar with them because some of the releases that he's putting out are going to be legendary. You know, he's working with amazing, huge, legendary bands, Sub-Zero, Kings Never Die, Marauder, Leeway, Face Wreck, okay, Bushido Code, Nailed Down, Brick by Brick, Embrace the Hostility, Forgiveness Denied, Hurt Peace, Bow Vice, No Convictions, Iron Price, Descent. Do I need to keep going? This label is awesome. The people who run it are awesome. I want you to support them. I want you to hit up at Upstate Records, Inc. That's I-N-C on Instagram. So I don't want to waste any more of your time. Because I've got a banging interview coming up here. We're going to play some music. We got to know each other a little bit. It was a really great time. Check it out. Here's me and Mario from Upstate Records. All right, you're on with Matt and uh, Wasted Radio here. I've got Mario from Upstate. What's going on, Mario? What's happening, Matt? Happy to be here, man. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, absolutely, man. Um, as I was just telling you, so we'll just pick up there. Um, I love what you're doing, dude. I mean, the bands that you're working with, the physical packages that you're putting out, you know, it is, you're keeping it alive. You're a major pillar in hardcore and you're keeping it alive at a time that arguably that it needs it more than ever realistically i mean hardcore has been beaten over the head repeatedly in the past year you know which i i'm convinced by somebody with a club saying die 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 and it won't you know <laughs> hell no <laughs> it hell won't no, bro right so so you're keeping it alive in a real way um how's it going well first i'll say Thank you for the kind words, man. Super, super humbling, man. And I mean that with all sincerity. You know, when I hear that kind of feedback, it it just really blows me away, you know, because we see it from our end. You know, we're just trying to do our thing and trying to get stuff out. And when people like recognize what we're doing, it's just like, holy shit, maybe, maybe we're doing something right. You know, we're just trying to do what feels natural to us. But Overall, man, things are great. You know, we got a lot of things in the works, it seems like always, and just happy to be giving back. You know, both Kim and I are are musicians at heart, so to speak. We love doing what we're doing. 
and you know being able to support the bands and get music out and people listening to it it's just it's a beautiful thing absolutely all right um that's the best answer ever because i mean really if it wasn't for them none of us would be doing what we're doing at all you know they're uh they're always busting their asses and not i mean i just feel like even in our modern age like hardcore is so underrated for what it is and you know for what it models for what like the virtues the ethical system that kind of comes with it it's it's so underrated for our modern world like I, i just feel like it's still like this giant secret that like only the cool kids know about you know what i mean I, I do. And, you know, part of me like is torn about that. It's like as much as we want to see it blow up, but you know what happens when things become mainstream, you know, they start yes. getting down. And um, I think it was, um, it was Paris Mayhew and Joe Hardcore on his, on his podcast. And they were talking and I think there's a legitimate reason why a lot of bands first releases are like their best ones, you know? Yeah, sure. Because hardcore is, you know, it's hard to pinpoint what is hardcore music. You know, it has a style, so to speak, but there's a certain energy that comes across. There's this like pent up rage or higher, there's like a message you got to get out. And it just happens to come out through like, heavy music aggressive music you know so if it becomes bigger you know how much does it get watered down where you know people are playing the part of hardcore but they're not really hardcore you know what i mean yeah so you know part of me is like keep it underground you know preserve it you know we're not in this uh, we want to get music out obviously it takes money to get music out there but we're not into this to make hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, that's the wrong genre. And, you know, we're not going to sell our integrity out just to sell some records. And I really mean that we stand behind our music. And if we sell X amount of units just to break even, we won, you know, we're keeping that music alive. And, you know, um, I think it'd be a bad thing, you know, if it be- ever became so big and mainstream and it's already gotten to that point, you know, you know, through the internet and worldwide, you know, being able to get music out there. Um, you-, you see it all the time, you know, kids that call themselves hardcore, but they're not really living that true hardcore mentality. You know, they're, they're canceling each other as opposed to bringing each other together and, supporting one another you know there's a lot of i call them the one percent the negative one percent have this huge voice because they're so negative that we think that they're a larger population whereas the 99 percent that are really you know live in the whole hardcore style they're in it for the right reasons they're just saying eh, this guy's a fucking idiot and we're not speaking up enough and shutting them type of people down you know, I, I, I agree with that so much because there's a lot, I never thought, first of all, I never thought that this would seep into hardcore, you know what I mean? This like snitch on each other mentality, but, um, I just, I I'm, I'm baffled at the way people treat each other anymore. 
I mean, this is not how I was raised to treat people. And when I, I'll tell you what, another thing too, um, I always treated people with respect at hardcore shows because they're not the kind of people that are going to tell you they're going to kick your ass. They're just going to do it. it, You know what I mean? So, (laughs) you know, there's, there's a big thing happening in our culture, you know, good or bad, whatever, but hardcore has always been subversive. Hardcore has always been against the status quo for the sake of fuck you, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and at, at the very most, uh, if somebody does something wrong inside of hardcore, hardcore seems to handle it, not public opinion or the mainstream or anything like that. Like it, it, it up until I'd say like the new millennium, maybe 10 years in, Hardcore was very self-preserving and self-policing. and self-policing for sure. Yeah. You know, which, which I would argue is a good thing. Yeah. You know, let's not make a bigger deal out of something than it has to be. Um, you know, th- I, I mean, things get taken care of, uh, things get squashed. People move on uh, at the end of the day, there is still, and always has been massive unity in hardcore. Like you said, that's what it's always been about. Um, I wanted to ask you about your concerns of the rise of censorship. I wanted to add the caveat. Um, do you think that, especially like what we've seen after this past weekend uh, at Tompkins Square at in New York, um, do you think that, some hardcore kids will inevitably be the ones to try to censor hardcore. You know, like we worry about the corporations, <laughs> yeah. you know, the platforms. It, 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 you know, censorship is such a slippery slope. And the only time that censorship comes in is because we've made bad choices, right? Mm-hmm. So if we make good choices and we put out, you know, legit lyrics like let's say um then there's really nothing it it remains in that art form Mm -hmm. and that's what we have to really acknowledge um and i think some people take advantage and say this is my art and it goes over the top and that's opens up the door for censorship um i'm against censorship if i don't like something I'm just not going to support it. That's my choice. But I don't have the right to judge somebody else's art or their creative and say that's bad. Because once we start doing that, then everybody falls into this very small little box and we all start becoming the same thing and producing the same product. We all wake up every morning with a choice. You know, if you want to go to Thompson Square and see that beautiful um, festival of people together and letting all this stuff out, that's their choice, okay? And I have a choice too. You know, I could have went, but if I had didn't have three kids in baseball, I probably would have been there 100%. But that's my choice. Don't take that away from me. Acknowledge that they had a good time. 
So if you know somebody who went and you have, you know, um, fear of getting COVID, stay away from them people for two weeks. You ha- that's your choice. Who are you to get on the internet and start saying that doesn't meet my standards? Well, who the fuck are you to begin with? You know, who are you being so holier than now saying, I'm going to judge all these people because they had a good time. Yeah, I get it. You know, the pandemic and coronavirus, you know, that's a legit thing. But still, we have to preserve our freedoms. And if we start taking those things away, then it becomes that slippery slope. And next thing you know is, all right, we're going to take shows away. You you can't say this on your album. I mean, where does it stop? You know, so we well, have it to doesn't. be very, very, it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's going it to get to the point where if you don't conform to this little perception of the way we should be, then control, you know, all your freedom is going to be lost. And still, once again, I always say, you know, just do the right thing. If you do the right thing, then there's nobody there to judge you. Yeah. And well, I mean, behind the keyboards, making these judgments, go back to your mom's basement, you know, you know, just go away, go away. Noise. <laughs> you're just one percent just banging on the pots and you just really need to go. It's away. just it's just not for you. Exactly. It's, you know, it's just not for you. Well, I mean, I got to I got to make the argument, um, you know, what I think a lot of people don't realize is that it's more than a bunch of people getting together in a park to watch a band. And if you, if you idealize that as just this fanatical thing of people who, who really don't care about other people and they just got together just for shits and giggles, you really don't know anything about hardcore. Like it's, it's a therapy, it's church for some people. It's, you know, a spiritual uplifting that people get from the experience of going to a show and being a part of that community. And it is a therapeutic experience. If you're a part of it, you know, like I'll tell you right now, I could use a show, (laughs) you know, you give me a shrink to talk to, it's not going to do much for me, but I could use a show. (laughs) Oh yeah. And my, my homie went down to the show and he called me up and he's like, man, you missed a great show and all this type of stuff. And um, I could just hear it in his voice, you know, how ecstatic he was, how fulfilling, how rewarding it was. So it's all, you know, risk reward, you know, and to your point, you know, it is like church to some people. It's more than music. It is a culture. It is a brotherhood and a sisterhood. It's friendships, long-term friendships that share a common vision or a sense, you know, this is our thing, you know? And that's why it's, it's the underground. We don't want it to be mainstream. If it gets mainstream, then it loses that cohesiveness of that you know unity you know i don't mean to be dropping all these you know cliche words associated with hardcore but that's the reason why they're cliche because it is because it's true subculture and it's more than just the music it's more than people showing up bopping their head oh it's really that camaraderie of people getting together with the same 
you know, kind of like-mindedness. And absolutely, don't take it away. If you take that away, what else do we have? You know, majority of the kids that are in hardcore, you know, I call them misfits. We're all misfits because we don't belong in the mainstream, you know, and don't take away our thing. And what I saw at Thompson Square was a beautiful thing of people getting along. It was a release and it, it's long overdue. And if anything, I, I can only hope that, you know, once we get out on the other side of this pandemic, that people appreciate shows what they are for, you know, they're really for people to get together, hang out with your homies and, you know, have a good time, you know, don't well, take it for granted. <laughs> yeah, no. And I was watching, uh, I was watching live video of it on Instagram when people were like there and posting their stories. And I even felt that like, I, like it was like my team was winning, you know, I yeah, felt like, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so cool. I mean, it, it's the coolest community. It really is. It's um, purely uh, just, it, it's, I don't even know what to say. It's so pure. That's just what it comes down to. It's pure. And like you were saying, like cliche words, like you hear like integrity or sincerity, or these are virtues. These are good things. These are, you know, exactly. if, if somebody goes to a hardcore show and, and learns about like the virtue of integrity, we should celebrate that. That's a beautiful thing. Fuck what like anybody thinks about that, because that's what that, I mean, if you go to something where, you know, it looks so chaotic. It looks so violent and it looks so scary on top. And then you just peel back the first layer to the cheesy part where you have all these virtues that, the yeah. if you go there, you meet people who live by these virtues. They're good people. Why, yeah. why sure. not let them gather? Cause you don't know what, cause you don't belong there. Let them do their thing. They, they know what they're doing. They, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I hate to see the hate towards it because it just seems like nothing but love, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, what, what? absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, even think about it from the band's perspective, you know, you know, Madball, they're a touring band, you know, so we took away from them that not only is their livelihood, but it's their life's blood, quite honestly. Yeah. And seeing them back on the stage like that, you know, Wisdom and Chains, Murphy's Law, it was a beautiful showing, not only for the fans, but also seeing the bands being able to get out what is become, you know, everything to them. You know, playing live shows is what they live for. That's what they do. That's their job, you know. So seeing them to have that opportunity to finally break out and get all this stuff back out and give it back to the crowd and the crowd's energy gives it back to them. You can't shit on that, man. You really can't. You now, know? And the best part about Madball too, is that they, you know, like their job, like you said, that's your job. Like their job is their Madball. You know, like you go to work and you're mad ball. How cool would that be? But, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they don't do it the wrong way. You know, they're still the ones that are doing the rebellious thing out in the park that people are going to get pissed off about. And that is, that is what embodies that mindset. You know, the, 
the whole reason we do what we do and we like what we like. That's the whole reason I got into hardcore to begin with is because it was subversive. And I'm, I mean, can you imagine a better band carrying the torch in, oh, yeah. you know, in 2021 coming out with a big bang and the lineup, like you said, Murphy's law, blood clot, wisdom and chains, the carriers, I don't know much about the carriers, but I checked them out because people were like posting about them and shit. Hell yeah, I'm down with that. But <laughs> especially if they were out doing their thing, like good for them. Um, but I mean, these are these are the some serious heavyweights and, you know, making a big statement like John Joseph made big news. You know, it was oh John Joseph did something in a park in New York and everybody loses their minds. And it's like it's crazy how that is so controversial nowadays. It's crazy how much things have changed in such a short amount of time, you know? Um, but whatever <laughs> I want to get, I want to get onto some positive stuff. Cause we're talking about New York hardcore and that makes me smile. And I'm, I'm looking at this, uh, sub zero seven inch. Tell me, tell me a little bit about this release, how it got started. And, and, you know, what's the, what's the story on this thing? Damn, that's a special one, man. It, it, it's a wicked special one. So, so it's one of them days where you open up your email and you get this email from Lou from Sub-Zero saying, Hey, you know, we're going to, we're looking to put something out and you you're blinking. And I'm like, what? through us you know you want to talk <laughs> i'm like what so i didn't know lou prior to this you know i obviously follow sub-zero it's just one of them things like holy shit we have a chance to work with sub-zero like yes and you know through the whole process you know they started um you know putting the album together but obviously it, it came out during the pandemic so start up shut down start up shut down they were supposed to go on a 30-year anniversary tour in europe that got shut down so we were planning on doing a full length with them um but because things were so out of sorts so to speak we just decided to do the two songs and i'll i'll never forget when he sent over let's say the the pre-master for house of grief i'm sitting in my garage and I'm listening to it. And I'm like, holy fuck, this is amazing. It, it's a phenomenal song. And I can't even believe, you know, here I am giving my two cents on <laughs> Sub-Zero, you know, like, who yeah. am I, you know? But the whole process of how House of Grief came together was just, it, it's a memory that's burned in my brain that I wish I could share, but it's very I cherish it, you know, because there's so many little nuances along the way that were just absolutely beautiful, you know, right from the artwork um, that was put together. I thought it was amazing job. And then, you know, giving the sign of the times, you know, this, you know, we're putting this together right when, you know, the whole George Floyd thing uh, was happening and, you know, the U.S. was really turned upside down. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, two sides coming together. And that's where, you know, Lou had the idea to re-release Necropolis because it was really, really fitting for the times. Um, 
but that release was amazing for us. Amazing. I mean, they just really was embraced worldwide. And it was one of those projects that grew, you know? So we didn't really intend to do a seven inch. It just kind of say, Hey, let's bridge the gap until the full length comes out. So we dropped it. And then we're trying to decide, all right, what kind of colors we want to do. So Nick in the feedback was so great. You know, I think we did purple, black, um, and then we started working with Generation Records. They want their own exclusive color, and Demons Run Amok in Europe wanted their exclusive color. So I think we did blue for Europe, and we did pink and white for Generation Records out of New York City. That's cool. It's uh, it's great. I love this thing. I mean, I'm reading the lyrics as you're talking, and it's crazy how deep this band is, you know, topically, like you look at them and it's just like a hardcore band. But if you get into sub zero and listen to what he's saying, and like, you know, about his experience and stuff, it's crazy how much real raw emotion is poured into sub zero. You know, when I heard house of grief, um, when it came out, I was just believable, you know, feel like Lou (laughs) as he's singing it. You can really relate to what, he's projecting out there and man lou lou is an incredible dude funnier and shit (laughs) funnier and shit but wicked passionate he's a family man you know him being italian i'm italian so there's a little bit of a a pasta connection let's say (laughs) Uh, but all the dudes in the band are great fucking dudes man and he and he survived leukemia correct yeah, it was a form of leukemia. Um, yeah, it's it's just one of them things that um, really was a major setback, you know, early on in his life. And, you know, he's, he's kind of getting through some things now as well. But, you know, he's a fighter, man. 100% yeah. fighter. Yeah. And um, can't wait to see them get back in the studio and drop another one. Well, uh, when I was a teenager, Lionhearted was the big song. And that's when I first got into them and checked them out. And, you know, I mean, they always had a huge effect on me. Like Sub-Zero always had a special place in my heart. Like once I, once I heard about, you know, everything and like understood more about the band and, you know, they're just, it's just, like I said, it's so deep. It's so emotion filled. Um, I think it's like more bang for your buck in hardcore. It's more than you expect to get. You know, uh, there's a lot of emotion. God, God. Yeah, I I was just going to say, you know, obviously they're a New York City band. And then you think, oh, they they need to be like this traditional New York hardcore style, so to speak. But if you really peel back the layer, they're not afraid to push the envelope in regards to their sound. You know, they really want to be expressive, so to speak. And House of Grief, I think, just really epitomizes the diversity in that band. You know, it's not a cookie cutter song. You know, I think there was a lot of emotion that was put into that song and it, and it comes out. It, the song ebbs and flows like, yeah, it's under the hardcore moniker, but quite honestly, it kind of stands on in its own lane. And that's what I love about it. They're, they're just not afraid of, hey, we don't need to sound like everybody else. 
Yeah, man. Hey, it is in its own lane. I think I'm going to play it uh, real quick here. And then we're going to come back and chat a little bit more. Let's check this out. Let's check this out. I'm here with Mario from Upstate Records. And uh, this is Sub-Zero, House of Grief. Life always this hard. Just when you're a kid. Always like this.
You're back with Matt. I'm here with Mario from Upstate Records. What's up, Mario? I'm chilling, bro. Happy to yeah. be here, man. Absolutely. Yo, I got to say, as we're coming out of that song, tell me that ending isn't heavy as hell. Dude. <laughs> no, they do it. They do it every time. They do. And, dude, I was thinking about what you said, too, about the um, re-release of Necropolis. Um, just fitting for the times. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> like, you read the lyrics. It's just like, isn't that just spot on? You know, oh, I... Yeah. I, honestly, I never even thought about it that way, but you know, I I don't know. I love this band. I could talk about Sub Zero, but we can't just talk about Sub Zero the whole time. <laughs> um, I've got four other Upstate releases here. Um, I'm gonna play them and introduce them either way. We don't necessarily have to talk about all of them because I know that there's, I mean, a lot to talk about. Any single one of these bands, we could go off on a tangent. Um, I'm going to start with Annie up. Oh my and- <laughs> Right. Dude. That I- album is so fucking heavy, man. <laughs> yeah. So heavy. Yeah. Holy cow. Disgust is my favorite. Yeah. See, I, I really like uh, pain. I really like time. I really like disgust. Um, it's just, no, I mean, it's, it's, they, they have this, like, so a beat down band is a beat down band is a beat down band. Like, you know, there's been a million beat down bands, but like when you're a beat down band, like Annie up, like they sound like Annie up, like lifeless sounded like lifeless Annie. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, there's this just distinct sound to them that when you pop it on and it's new. And you haven't heard it yet. It's just so satisfying because it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, they're back. <laughs> um, and their live performance is just like, you know, balls. Oh, I mean, oh my just, God. It, so their delivery when they're playing live is yeah, so much conviction. I get chills. Yeah. You know, watching them. I'm like, I can't even believe I'm working with these dudes. They're. <laughs> dude critters critters a fucking animal dude critters an animal god dude he's 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 insane um i was blessed to be around annie up um because they came through our town quite a few times um and just it was like they brought this thing they just they just show up and destroy you know what i mean like it's absolutely wall to wall um so tell me a little bit about this album. What's the story behind it? Um, Derek Verici, who plays in Bushido Code, he's the one that designed the front cover there. So that's his artwork there. Yeah. Do you ever see his spiders? Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything the dude makes is disgusting. Oh, my God. But- the guy is just, he's an alien. He's from another planet, you know? Yeah. I love the way he does the spiders because they're just so evil looking. Like I'm, I gotta get one. Um, <laughs> so I actually, I didn't know though, for real, I didn't know that he did the art. Um, I'm looking at it right now. Now that you tell me that, I can definitely see it. It's insane artwork. Yeah, yeah. Derek did a, a phenomenal job. Um, so th- that release, shit. When did that come out? Um, November 2018. I do believe so we were 
may have to fact check me on that 2018 2019 but any any up they're out of detroit there's something in the water in detroit i'm telling you between them and smash your enemies obviously the long history with um cold as life detroit just pumps out some of the heaviest shit whatsoever um but they record it at bricktop studios okay bricktop studios they just they just kill it on the heavy end. I mean, yeah. the production on that thing is just off the charts. It's just right on point. And I think they really captured the essence of, of Annie Up. Um, if we, if they, you know, they have, you know, family situations, meaning, you know, they got kids and all that kind of stuff. But I think if they were out there playing a little bit more in support of this one, this thing would have just took off like, like gangbusters um in some regards some people said this is too damn heavy for them <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean it's it's a crusher that's for sure <laughs> yeah. i mean you gotta love it though you gotta respect where they're coming from too and and i know the scene out there is good i know the uh the bands that have come out of that area i'm listening to a band called d block right now you ever heard of them yeah yeah they're they're great <laughs> I love it. It's just like I look for that like one release that gives me that fix that I just have to like jam out on for a you know a long a lot in a short period of time. And right now uh I'm stopped on D block nice. every time I yeah, no, nah, I love that shit. Um but uh any up too. Um man, there there's a lot to be said about this. Um, and there's a lot more to be said about it, but I want to play a song on here and I'm a, I'm a let you pick what song do you want to play off of this one? <laughs> Disgust, man. Of course. All right. <laughs> All right. Here it is. Detroit's Annie up with disgust. Terminated fucker. Terminated fucker.
right, you're back on Wasted Radio here with Matt, and I'm here with Mario from Upstate Records. We're talking about some of these releases. I've got three in front of me, Mario. The first one we were just chatting about here is uh, Sorting Fools Out by Face Rack. Oh, my Lord. What a heavy, heavy release. Uh, uh, AJ and company just absolutely killed it on that one. Loved it. Loved it. Honor, mm-hmm. honor that he... And I had an opportunity to work on it and put it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's really something, isn't it? I love this band. Um, I've got, I, I've got the privilege to see them a number of times just because they're closer to me, and I'm happy for that because they they do interesting stuff and they do big stuff. When they do it, they they do it very dramatically, and uh, I think that AJ kind of has a uh, an art to what he does about this whole that an art that I don't think necessarily everyone gets. Um, but he's uh, very, very subversive with face rack. Um, Hell yeah. And he, he's a pro man, you know, uh, he was very, let's say meticulous about this release and, you know, how the packaging, how it was presented you know, the recording on it sonically is right on point. You know, just the entire package was, you know, he gets it. He understands. And, you know, you know, maybe he represents it as a little bit of a joke band, but you wouldn't know that the way that he presents himself in the whole, the whole package. I don't, I don't mean to repeat myself, but I think he did a bang up job um putting it all together and like i said it was a, really an honor to work with them on it and put it out yeah it's it's a joke but it's not because <laughs> it's like i i get real serious with my face wreck. No, <laughs> it's it's such i mean it, it's one of those ones that flows it hits hard every single song hits hard it's creative um you know he just did it right and he knows how to turn heads hell yeah and what really, you know, brought me into it, it was, it evokes an emotion. You know, when I, when he sent over, you know, the, the pre-masters, I listened to it. I'm like, damn, this is good. And if, if I'm bopping my head to it and I can feel my blood pressure kind of being elevated, I'm all in, I'm all in. And that's exactly what that did for me.
talk about kings never die raise a glass which is actually i know right like has actually um become a personal favorite of mine um i i don't i don't know much about this band honestly i i know uh, a little bit about them um tell me about them tell me tell me about this release tell me the story shit so we were at um black and blue bowl 2019 and dan natazzi was playing with leeway and i have a long time friend 30 plus years uh mike valenny plays in brick by brick we played in a band together you know my first band was in we were in a band together so he mike invited me down to uh black and blue bowl and Mike's been such a tremendous support of upstate and, you know, he's spreading the word around for us. He's introducing us to these people. And, you know, I met Dan um, at the show with uh, Larry Naroda who plays in um, Murphy's law. He's played in um, stigma as well. I mean, these are New York hardcore legends. So I'm talking with Dan, we trade numbers and all that kind of stuff. And we start talking to him. And I didn't know this, but Dan was in Doggy Dog and Monkey Pup. He's okay. the original members. And I'm <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? That's cool. He's like, yeah, you know, um, but I don't want to talk about my past. I want to build uh, Kings Never Die on its own. And that's that's how we market it you know it was a new band but it's kind of hard to leave that history behind when you're going to like the press and trying to get you know people's heads to turn on it um so in the beginning it was a little bit of hey this is dan from doggy dog right it's like yeah but he's got this new style now this is his new band and be able to differentiate you know, his past with his, with his present. And yeah. So, and so well, the- it's, it's a strong band. Um, and the, okay. and the feature on it, Vinny stigma and Mike Gallo, that is not to be taken lightly. I mean, that is, you know, that's a flex. That's a big flex having Vinny stigma. It doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Uncle that Vinny. Is, <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he is like the, 
the hardcore like he he's like the mascot of hardcore now i mean he's he's evolved into something like bigger than just vinny stigma he's a living legend and to see that featuring vinny stigma i mean that's insane you know that's yeah and they and they co-wrote that together so you know dan's calling me up was like yeah we're in the studio we got vinny stigma and mike out i'm like who what when where he's like yeah we got this awesome song raise a glass um it's catchy it's real catchy it's so but it's so heartfelt you know as you're listening to it you're reading the lyrics it once again it evokes an an emotion that Mm -hmm. that's almost tangible in some regards you know you can see the salute if you will um as they're you know as you're listening to the song you know it's really comes from the heart well i uh i want to play raise your glass but i already did because it's that (laughs) it's that good of a song so um we got to pick another song off of this i like all of them i i would throw on the juice what do you think the juice is awesome you know, it's kind of higher energy. Uh, Before my time is on that one too, right? Before my time, yeah, yeah. I and, thought that was their breakthrough one. I always, you know, that's that has a little sentimental value, yeah, um, to it. The juice is awesome. We got, we got, we got the power. You know, you know, you know it's true. We got the
fucked up yeah, too. Dude. Oh yeah. Like, um, it. I I actually I I didn't know that um, about the guitar player the uh, Nastasi. Is it yeah Nastasi? Um, I I didn't know that he was in Dog Eat Dog and played in other bands like that. That's pretty cool too. And it's it's crazy how it all links up. I mean, all of these old bands and you kind of sometimes like you feel like a lot of them just disappeared and whatever. But uh, the beautiful thing about hardcore is like, especially as you grow up and you learn more and more and more, you find out that like, no, it just flowers out. It just grows bigger. Like these, you know, they, they were in these legendary bands from a long time ago, but then they did this and then they did that. And it's just like, we were talking about uh, bands not getting paid that much earlier. And it's, it's just like true passion, true, integrity for the scene and true love for what they do you know just like we were saying um earlier i mean they they come from such a faraway place back in like the early 90s or whatever you know when when these bands were getting no coverage no exposure they were getting no distribution you know they were just they were building something uh, throughout the eighties and into the nineties. And then they didn't just abandon it for new people to come in and find and change. They built off of it and continue to this day to build off of it. It's just, it's like exactly what should be learned from the entire hardcore scene. You know, that's how it's done. You don't just fly by night, this shit, you show up and you do your part and you try to contribute something in whatever capacity you can to build off of it. You know, like they, they even went back to the roots with the, the stigma and gallo feature would arguably hardcore wouldn't be what it is at all without agnostic front. That's right. And there's no chance hardcore in, in whatever capacity hardcore would exist without agnostic front, it would be very different than what we have today if it weren't for them i i couldn't agree with you more and you know when agnostic front was coming on the scene you know it was just pure rawness it was it was a a release of what was pent up inside there was no agendas no like hey we're gonna start a band because we want to tour the world there were five guys getting together to start a band because they had to had a necessity or they were yeah. going to be on the streets. So it was just a way for them to, you know, get their emotions out in somewhat of a constructive way in that small little group. And they established what I call is like the code of hardcore, you know, this is, mm-hmm. it's more than music. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more than people picking up an instrument. And that's how you can tell a little bit, who's in it for the real deal and who's in it kind of in in a fake way. So here we are talking about, you know, Dan and Kings never die. We talked about Lou and sub zero. Yeah. You know, these guys have longevity and they got into the bands and started writing music because that's their passion. And they found a home, let's say in the hardcore scene, because that's where they aligned. In some cases, these guys have sold a lot of records previously, but they're still at it. 
And when I talk to Lou and I talk to AJ and I talk to Dan, these guys aren't about, Hey, how many units are we going to sell? You know, right. uh, you know, how much, you know, how much can we push out there? They're like, Hey, we got to get our music out there. We want to work with somebody who wants to help us get it out there. And that's all we do is just provide that little, as much of a catalyst as we can. But none of these guys are saying they're in it for the payday, so to speak. Yeah. Well, that's as real as it gets. Yeah. And there, and there is no payday for it. And, you know, that is just the way that it has to be. Honestly, um, it's not like you can't, you can have a band where, you know, you can make enough money to live, but you've got to be really active. You've got to be, you've got to be out there on the road hitting it. I mean, it's, it's a difficult task. Um, especially when, you know, people have lives, they've got families and jobs and commitments and, and organizations they're a part of, and they coach baseball and yeah. you know, like, it's, you know, it's, it's not something so, so you, you know, that it's truly coming from a place of pure love and passion for the art, for the experience, an emphasis on the experience, you know, the, uh, the, the stage dives and the pylons and the crowd killers. And, you know, this is hardcore is not YouTube. Okay. Like hate five, six is great. It's great to get on and watch all these bands and they deserve that exposure. And I hope it makes them 10 times bigger than they are, but nothing will ever compare to the live experience that is what hardcore is. And if you don't get out and experience that, you don't know what hardcore is or how that makes some people feel or how it's therapeutic for them to, you know, go through this experience. Um, it's, it's, you know, that that's what to, to bring it back to, you know, these bands are definitely not doing it for the money. They're, they're putting in serious work to keep something alive because they love and care about it. And that's their culture. Um, I, I don't think that there's a better time than now to assess that because there are bands going strong right now, even after the past year, even after all the bullshit happened, there are bands going strong and they are losing money and they are spending their money on studio time. And, and, you know, but it's, it's because they love what they do and they love hardcore and the scene. And what, what more could you ask for? Seriously? What more could you ask for? It's pure. I couldn't agree with you more in, you know, you hear when the bands are delivering their masters and they're so proud. You know, it starts yeah. with that. You know, they love it. They put their stamp on it. They put everything into it. And then it goes out there. And sometimes it does well. Sometimes it doesn't. But when it they get that response back and it's over the top, you know, it's just multi-layer reward. Yeah. They're happy with their product. Even when it doesn't do well, you know, the bands are still proud, but the fact that it connects with other people is just, they've won. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's the ultimate reward upon, 
somebody appreciating their art because once again you know their art is their own creative it comes out of inside of them and for that to be appreciated is 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 everything this is why is why we all do what we do it's just we want to get it out there and support it it's weird too because um unless you know this music um i don't know it's hard to describe because there aren't really words for it but it's there's there's a certain energy that comes with like when the tempo changes and that next part comes in and there's you know what i mean and and oh, yeah. you know the it, it's it's a little endorphin rush you get it's just you know you can visualize yourself in the room or like hearing people go oh or you know whatever <laughs> because that's you know but even the the biggest releases to the smallest releases i think that that's what people are trying to achieve is that oh moment that gets everybody in the room you know nodding their fucking head and people Hell moving yeah. back and forth and that's you know that's that's what it's about man that's that's what it's about uh one band that gives me that feeling is the last band we're going to talk about ironically dead man's chest dead yeah Yes, my God, those guys are brutal. Dear so, God. Dear God. <laughs> dear God. Not, they are not afraid to go where, you know, some people won't, you know. I, I think it's awesome. Um, they were the first overseas band that we signed. So Andy um, from Dead Man's Chest, we connected and only to find out later on that all he ever really wanted to do was get some of his music on vinyl. So we were looking to kind of expand. And what I love about Dead Man's Chest is it really brings together, you know, they call themselves a hardcore band, but when you listen to it, they're almost like a metallic metal infused hardcore. And that's right up my alley. Yeah. You know, I would, I'll bring leeway into the conversation leeway born to expire is my lane. When you okay. bring in metal and hardcore together, it's over game. Yeah. Over. That's exactly <laughs> what I love. You know, I love the head Bob shit of hardcore, but I love thrashy. I'm the point guitars, you know, yeah, dude, you know, meaningful lyrics and all that kind of stuff. So dead man's chest brings that element of a, kind of a crossover type band and um they, they have been absolutely phenomenal to work with so them being based in the uk obviously we've developed you know kind of like a family atmosphere and one day andy hits me up and says hey we're thinking about starting a record label and i'm like hey we're starting to think about starting up upstate in europe no so shit just <laughs> natural progressions like all right andy you want to run upstate records in europe he's like sure hell yeah <laughs> so you know one thing leads to another and you know andy's been a staple in the in the european hardcore scene for a long time you know he's a veteran it just it, ex extremely humble people yeah um, and that's the other thing about our our label is you really try to maintain that kind of family atmosphere. Sure. Um, so um, tell me a little bit more about 
dead man's chest what uh country are they out of so andy's based out of the uk and the other guys are kind of spread out great question you know yeah yeah from czechoslovakia i'm not sure but some of the guys are spread out in europe and then their bass player cam uh she actually lives in california oh okay cool so they're kind of like spread out all over the world and it's a modern world you know so beautiful thing yeah i think andy and the guitar player may be based in in the uk and that's how they write their material and then they send it off to the rest of the guys dude me and my friend have been writing music for three years sending it back and forth over dropbox and he comes in and records yeah records every now and then yeah dude i mean it's just something to do i mean it, it's definitely there's definitely a way to utilize modern technology i'm i'm happy that the people are using it for this means uh that's a i didn't know any of that about this band so that's really cool it kind of makes me uh respect how much work probably goes into that on the back end you know what i mean if they're in different countries and shit so the layout on that one i thought came out so sick oh it's beautiful because of the gatefold as it opens up and i think there's a like a big ass cross and yeah, right. yeah i got but a band you look on the back uh-huh it all kind of blends together i do believe oh yeah yeah on the back i was showing the inside this yeah, yeah there it is so we got a we got a nice upside down jesus and he's <laughs> and he's got no head <laughs> <laughs>
That was Dead Man's Chest with Dear God, and that comes off of the Dear God 7-inch that was put out by Upstate Records. Our entire episode today has been dedicated to Upstate Records, to Mario and Kim. Uh, Thank you guys so much for what you do for the scene and how you contribute. Congratulations on uh, 50 releases on the 29th of May. Departed's new album comes out that's going to be the 50th release for Upstate Records. That's going to be a sick album for Departed. If you've not heard, um, I believe it's on Decibel or NoEcho.net. Check both sites out. Check out NoEcho.net first and then go to Decibel and check it out and then go back to NoEcho.net and spend more time over there. But I can't remember off the top of my head which one of them is streaming departed but it's one of them it's the song's called blood for blood it's featuring uh stickman from fury of five um and that is going to be on the 50th release for upstate records so i mean in in a short fairly short amount of time upstate records has put a big dent uh they are working with huge bands and i'm talking you know in cold blood matriarchs these streets gloves off smash your enemies leeway that i said earlier count time paid in full uh brick by brick flag bearer ripped away Uh, it it keeps going the bands are great uh, and a lot of these bands aren't even bands that i mentioned at the beginning of the show there's that many that are on here and and they're dropping these monumental releases bushido code the ronin that one's going to be remembered Kings Never Die, It's What We Live For, Instant Classic, Sub-Zero, House of Grief, amazing, Brick by Brick, all of their shit, great, Smash Your Enemies, Uh, Annie Up that we played on the show today, These Streets, Expect the Worst, have you heard that fucking shit? Inner Turmoil, Uh, Year of the Rap by Matriarchs, Big Coffin Hunters by Iron Price, you can't fuck with this stuff, Revolution Rising, uh, by Silence Equals Death and and the new Marauder demos um, that came out. I say new, but I think it's 1992 to 1994. Either way, this is stuff that's going to be remembered. It's it's stuff that needs to come out, and I'm glad that somebody's stepping up to the plate and doing it in such a big way. Thank you, Mario, for everything you did um, and for coming on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Everybody that's listening to this, you're going to go to upstaterecordsny.com right now and just fucking check the site out, okay? You got the artists, you got the store, you've got all the links, you can listen to all the music. Go give them some love. Uh, reach out to them on Instagram at Upstate Records Inc. I N C. Uh, at Upstate Records Inc. Go over there, tell them they're doing a good job. Send him a message and thank him for what he's doing for hardcore. 
Uh, also, I want to say anybody else who has a label, you have a band with a new record coming out, anything like that, hit me up because this is the direction that this show is going in. I'm not going to stop with the radio type shows, but I've got a pretty good reception from uh, the show that I did with Stu. And honestly, even if I didn't, I enjoy talking to people so much and having these conversations because they're just as passionate about hardcore as I am and they love it just as much. I have my friends on my show and I have people from bands and labels on my show. To me, it's all hardcore kids. This show is for hardcore kids. The show is always going to be for hardcore kids. So if there's anything that I can do for you in any capacity, let me know. I don't I have a limited capacity. It's not a big show, but if there is anything that I can do, hit me up. I'm at wasted.radio on Instagram. My name is Matt. I feel like I'm a pretty nice guy. So, all of that being said, I'm going to wrap it up. Again, thanks to Mario. Thanks to Upstate. Happy to do this. We're going to do a lot more of it. We'll see you around on the internet. This is Wasted Radio. Thanks for checking it out. Happy Sunday. 